0: assalamu alaikum peace be with you you're listening to cup of parenting podcast and i'm your host aisha a pediatric speech and language therapist mom of seven and parenting coach here in the uk This week, I caught up with two of my sisters, Madiha and Mariam, and our mum also dropped in and we were talking about the birth order theory and also our experiences growing up. Have you heard of the birth order theory? Yes, I have. Okay. Have you heard of it, Madiha? Um, somewhat, but go, go ahead. Then, let's go hear Mariam, do you want to tell us what you know about it
1: What i've heard of it is that um depending on which order you're born in it can really affect uh, your upbringing and what kind of personality you develop and what characteristics um and confidence levels and things that you have
0: yeah that's exactly right so i'm just going to tell you in a little bit more detail so It was Alfred Adler who developed the birth order theory in the 20th century. So the theory claims that the order in which a child is born shapes their development and personality. So he claimed that family, community and social aspects play a major role in shaping a child's personality. So it's not just about your birth order, but lots of psychologists agree with him. And they said that whatever order you sort of fall into your family has a major impact on your development. So you can imagine this in terms of your own self or you can think about it in terms of your children you might recognize some of this what i'm about to say so say for example you've got the um oldest child in any family the firstborn you've got your parents all to yourself for a long time and they obviously you're the first child so they'll give you all their attention they might be really careful about all sorts of child rearing aspects you know first food so i remember this with my my eldest as well and you want to be all organic and natural Um, When you think about clothes and nappies and everything, you just sort of might give a bit more time and importance uh, to them, including when it comes to things like education. And so you would benefit from this if you're the um, oldest. And your parents might also expect a lot from you if you're the oldest as well, because they might sort of be stricter with you and want you to set an example for younger siblings if you go on to have other siblings as well. so so what did studies show studies actually showed that if you are the oldest child you tend to demonstrate maybe in the workplace or in your life or you might you know in your community being seen as some sort of a leader then you come to the middle child and it's sort of like a stereotype that if you're a middle child you're a peacekeeper because you're not the oldest and the youngest you sort of have to try and carve out a place for yourself in the family and the family dynamics so you get to do a lot of negotiation and compromise with the older and younger ones so These types of children are apparently supposed to, you know, be be able to relate to other people of different ages quite easily as well. So you might, or you might be rebellious. You might go the other way because, you know, you're not either the oldest or the youngest. Then you come to the youngest child, who's the baby of the family. So according to Adler now, these children, the youngest ones, the babies go either two ways. The first way is that they're really successful um they're the go-to person in the family they've got all these freedoms because they're the youngest that your siblings might not have had your parents might be more relaxed with you or you go the other way and you might become quite avoidant because you might not have the confidence to do things yourself maybe everything's always been done for you so that could go either way but then you've also got the fact that if you're an only child you've only been surrounded by adults since you were born so not to say that you obviously never met children in your life because you would have at some point, but it could be that you've started mimicking adult behaviours and becoming like mini adults yourself. You might have parents who are overprotective of you. You might not be used to doing the things you might have been had to do if you had siblings, like negotiation, sharing, all of that. Not to obviously say that these are hard and set rules, but this is generally what researchers sort of found. And then there's a whole part about intelligence as well but I think studies have shown that that's not really true for you know lots of children in terms of being the eldest and having the highest intelligence but the the roles that and the sort of order that you're born in that all does have an impact on you so I'm gonna come back to our two guests I'll start off with I'll start off with you my dear. so we're going in reverse order do can yeah. you relate to anything what I've just said about being the
2: baby I think it was really interesting, the earlier initial point you made about how with your first child, you're obviously a, a lot more like um, pragmatic in terms of getting you know, organic food, making sure they've got all the best of everything. And then you kind of mentioned that with the latter children, maybe are not so much. But do you think that my, that might just be due to experience and that, you know, well, actually, this isn't really necessary, whereas, oh, actually this would be helpful and do you think that's probably why
0: no I think it's a bit of both to be honest with you I do definitely remember going all out extra with clothes and with food and things like that and by the time I got to my last one I really didn't care about those things so yeah in a, in a way obviously you learn from experience and you're quite young but also I think because that's your first Child, you want to give them the absolute best of everything. I oh, always remember one of my mom's friends saying to me that you'll take lots of pictures of your eldest, you'll put down her first, you know, her first step, her first tooth coming out, all of that. And she said, by the time you get to the third one, you wouldn't even care about things like that. So, <laughs> to be honest, I think it's a bit of both. I'm going to bring you in, Mariam, because you're the middle child. Yeah. Did you relate to any of that personally? Um just on the point what you've just said about what you would do for a
1: first child compared to what you do for subsequent child. That's quite a funny one, because for me, I tended to sort of use the experience that I'd seen my siblings have through nieces and nephews. So, for example, like you said, um, doing certain things, going all out with your first one that you wouldn't do with your second one because you knew it wasn't necessary or essential to give them a happy, healthy upbringing. So for me I didn't stress that much about either of my two I sort of I think in terms of their upbringing so far they're still very young children they've been pretty similar and they're close in age so I think they will have quite an equal upbringing and I think a lot of that came from having alhamdulillah so many nieces and nephews that I could see what worked what didn't Um, what was important and what wasn't so important so I didn't have to sort of test
0: it out on my own kids because I already saw it so many times that's really interesting perspective now going back to both of your own experiences so Mariam you're the middle child of a large family and Madhia you're one of the youngest do you feel Mariam that you had to carve out your own place in the family and Madhia do you feel like did you were you aware that you were the baby of the family
2: I feel like when you are in that situation I think you probably aren't as self-aware. Obviously I had my siblings saying oh you are the baby of the family but I think it's more like when you become a parent and retrospectively you can see maybe there was kind of differences. I would argue however that some of those differences might just be the change in kind of societal norms and demographics, obviously, because was like almost a decade, there's more than a decade actually between mm-hmm. the oldest and youngest. And so maybe it was just kind of a shift in those kind of perspectives that allowed that kind of difference to kind of seep through in terms of the parenting, rather than what you kind of earlier described as maybe it was just a bit of a, you know, sounded like injustice between the oldest and youngest Whereas I would kind of disagree with that, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. I can get your point about being like the obviously the times have changed and that was then and this is now. But I would argue that I've still I see I still see in fa- lots of families, the youngest, they are almost treated like a baby. Like sometimes say I see I see children for work and they come into the practice and they do have traits of being a little bit babyfied when they're quite old, in my opinion. But maybe for that family they are the youngest so yeah,
1: I agree with that I think once you're a the baby child that's all you're ever perceived as even when you're a fully grown adult you're treated as the one that um, doesn't have that responsibilities and isn't um, responsible for decision making even when you are in your own independent life
0: yeah I think I'm sure I read a study as well when I was training for positive parenting about They found a group of the youngest children in the class and they're the ones who never used to put their hand up because they always had everything done for them at home. And they were actually behind in their reading because they never challenged themselves. They never put themselves forward. They didn't advance. So the teachers actually specifically took those children out, I think, and put them in a situation where they had to put their hand up and they had to go forward and they weren't labelled as the baby child or could use those you know, helplessness situation to fall back on and when yeah, they did that they actually made lots of progress Dad. yeah I think what you said in the intro
1: about a middle child being a peacekeeper as well that definitely ties in with what Madi has said about different generations because if you've got a decade or so gap between the oldest and the young your middle children are the ones that can relate to both the oldest and the youngest so often they are in that peacekeeping role, whether whether it's by choice or whether they just naturally have to go into that role.
2: Can I just add a quick point to with my own special guest who just wants to add something just there. The
3: youngest uh, younger person, the family grown, they started their own family, then they have loads of experience. They have more experience than their... Uh, Elder yeah, brother and what, sisters.
1: Yeah, I agree with that point. That's why I said that I got my experience from not my own children, from my nieces and nephews. I saw yeah. exactly all no. the things they did with them. So yeah. that's why I didn't have that. Like
3: India, India, yeah, they, they look after Aisha and Abdul and Khila and everything. They, learn, um, Auntie, Auntie. they didn't have their own children, but they learn with you. Lord.
0: Yeah that's a good point that our mom has just made that actually the youngest child will through helping with nieces and nephews go up to be maybe more experienced than the eldest child might have been with their first because they wouldn't have had that experience and they wouldn't Um, be
1: wasting so much time and money buying expensive products or gimmicks because um You'll know all the hacks about what's a better alternative. I agree with what Ami is saying, but I think that was a lot more prevalent in the olden days and in countries where you have uh, yeah shared living, shared families. How huh. old English saying is it takes um yeah. a village to raise a child? The whole village participates. Um, huh the
3: child european or american countries may difficulty hai ki choti appointment और traveling driver time nikala isko बच्चों को खुद खुदी, खुदी आके रिक्शा में या ऑटो में या बस में बैठ जाते और वापस घर आ जात की ड्यूटी नहीं है उनका और, और के साथ भज हैं यहां का डिफरेंट है तो यहां थोड़ा हार्ड है आ, बट, आ, so, yeah
1: there's definitely rules in this country which make it harder. you're isolated you're alone. You have to do everything yourself, hmm. um, especially through covid and lockdown. Everybody's just alone in their little houses. That's not good for your mental health. that's not good for your children. You don't get all the experience from elders and
3: different relatives families brain that's a, that's a really good point Ami. because in
0: the olden days you probably didn't have one uh, and there are benefits of technology but to a limit uh, to to okay. use it in a limited beneficial uh, way not obsessed which is what children are doing
2: now Madiha mm-hmm. do you want to summarize what Ami said before okay so my mom has just said that she does agree with Mariam's point that in certain countries especially non-Western countries, so the Asian countries that she grew up in, it was a lot easier to have bigger families because of the way that society was structured. Everyone kind of, you know, had a helping hand in bringing up the children. Whereas in this country, um, the way it works, obviously, you're kind of a lot more isolated as a mother. So general structure is you're usually at home, father's at work. So you are doing a lot of things yourself. Obviously, Mama mentioned like taking a child to an appointment is a lot more difficult in this country. um, Whereas in, you know, where she's from, that it was just a lot easier. So she does agree that in this country, um, having that kind of amount of children is a bit more difficult. And the second point she mentioned, however, was that regardless of what country you're from, The dangers that are prevalent in today's society are very much abundant wherever you are. So that is really worrying for any parent, especially now with a lot more dangers in society. It's really difficult to keep your children safe from harm, both like physical harm, but also things they are exposed to like on the Internet or social media.
1: And I think that's just a perpetuating cycle as well, because we know of the dangers and there are worse dangers, then you're much more hesitant to let your children out or to do anything or give them freedom. So then they don't, they sort of stay babies, they stay dependent on you and they don't learn um, skills on how to be street wise or be aware of things or um, how to make good decisions because they're a lot more coddled and made decisions for them. I do remember that my oldest brother and sister would go to clubs they'd go to mosque school and they'd go to all sorts of extracurricular activities yeah have things like a car or a mobile phone when they were when they were sort of young adults and then the youngest ones they had a lot more information advice about careers universities they could do fun things that we might not have been allowed to do when we were that age or to go on trips or camping and parents were more comfortable to let them go so I think as a middle child you learn to be very self-sufficient and just the older Good. ones um, are busy doing their thing and the younger ones are busy having things done for them so you just sort of have to plan yourself and just just do things quietly yourself I think
3: mm.
1: families which are are very large them on our street that have each have 13 or 14 children mashallah and they do all the things still now that you guys would have done as children so they're always playing on the road late at night with all the kids out with their bikes and push and toys so they're still probably in that uh, mindset of a big community families all the men sit outside together eating and drinking and all the ladies be standing together chatting so they've still got that village community feel Whereas I think because we're now second, third generation Asians in the UK, we don't have that anymore and have sort of adopted more of this way of life.
0: Yeah, that's true and really interesting. Okay, JazakAllah Khairan to both of you for dropping in and um, of course to our mom as well who dropped in, she's gone again now. And I hope our listeners enjoy this week's podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Salam alaikum.